Welcome back to another outstanding scholarly episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and not a good first date. Ooh, definitely Alex Tandino. <laughs> All right, before we, uh, you know, dust off the old weighty tomes. A little business. Guys, it's official. We are on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist Pod. It's the absolute best way to support the show. It's the absolute best way to get even more amazing Film Alchemist content, especially the stuff you specifically want to hear. Go on over there for as little as a dollar a month. You can get in, join the community, meet our cool friends over there, see what we're working on. And uh, as you climb the Highlander tier ranking system, you will have access to vote on the movies that you want to be in Patreon-exclusive libraries. We have some other fun projects coming over there. And you can uh, even pick the movie specifically that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. So again, guys, that's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. It would mean the world to us if you guys can go over there. Any little bit of support helps the show out. Thank you. So much for those of you who already support us. Thank you so much for those of you who are about to as well. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. That's Film Alchemist. So you can see our young prepubescent, highly cheekboned, beautiful faces. Our voices may crack, but our faces will not. Uh, Over on YouTube, you can email the show, filmalchemistpod at (laughs) gmail.com. You can find us uh, on all the socials you're on. We're very easy to get a hold of and love to hear from you. And if you would be so kind, take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you find the show. I swear to God, it seems annoying that every podcast asks you. It does help us defeat the algorithmic Capulets and Montagues that just be trying to get in the way and C-block us. You know what I mean? Just C-block our audio. So go on over there and do that. (laughs) Right. Thank you guys for all the help uh, again. All right. Let's get out granddaddy's old pipe. Let's sit in our high wing-backed leather chairs. It's a little cracked leather because, you know. Verona. No, see, this isn't the yeah, kind of thing you get. Verona. You don't, you don't crack the fire. You don't put sit in your chair with your pipe for this kind of thing. You're very presentational. You sit and you got to stand in front of a weird audience of people like, yes, this. This is theater. Well, if you're rich enough, yeah, get some of your, uh, get your sex dungeon cleared out. Get mm-hmm. your, 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 your sex dungeon workers chained up on the wall and be like, now prepare thy to listen. Now you can have a, thine. this is what I mean. So on the top, you're Hefner on, on a pipe and on the bottom, you got your little, your little Romeo, Juliet and Tybalt hanging out. Yep. And they're like, what? They're like, nice. this guy's wild. You can have some weird, like lighting effects with your smoke and be like, Lube, star-crossed lubers. Anywho. Sounds like a bad That got Lerman weird joint. already. <laughs> yeah. Not as weird as Boz Lerman's Romeo plus Juliet. All right. So, Alex, here's the deal. My wife was so pumped about this. I believe her exact setup to me was there was a time in my life I would have given up anything. Like the life of her parents, the life of me, the life of everyone in our small farm community. I don't know. Right arm to be with Leonardo DiCaprio specifically from this movie and i was like hey i kind of get it and she's like yeah we had a sleeping party or slumber party and they all thought that in one scene they could see his bits 
So they're like, they just kept rewatching this, trying to like see his. Picture. I just love the idea of little, little, little Amy Griffey rewinding back. <laughs> oh my god, I see a penis. Oh, I see a dick root. Oh my god. Oh my god. Just, just like I'm gonna need a new Hello Kitty sleeping just bag. Just wearing the t- just wearing the taped out on a tape out on that VHS. Just oh god. <laughs> Yeah, Mom, I'm going to need to go to the Hello Kitty store. We're going to have to say goodbye, Gato, in, in this room now. No, uh, <laughs> So she was setting the tone for me, right? That right. essentially Leo in this movie was to women of our he age what sex. Jessica Rabbit was to us, correct, right? Like correct. this seismic, earth-shattering yeah. thing. And I got to say, I watched it, and I was like, I fucking absolutely got it on the Leo side. Everything else in the movie, baffling array of decisions. I told you this. I watched this movie. I didn't see it when we were younger, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not a me thing. I'm watching horror movies, doing whatever. I thought in my brain I knew what this movie was, right? Right. I was like, okay, so it'll be, you know, your basic stodgy-ass Shakespeare thing, but, like, maybe with a little bit of, like, a Red Hot Chili Peppers visual aesthetic, right? Well, hang on. With a little more blood, sex, sugar before magic. You, That's what I imagine. Before you go further, have you seen other Baz Luhrmann movies? <laughs> yes. And wow. To be, I can't well, no, believe what that are Baz, is how you came I, I skipped The Great Gatsby. Yeah, everyone should have. I'm definitely going to skip the Elvis movie. Agreed. What else did he do? Moulin Rouge? He did Moulin Rouge. Okay, so I saw that. Okay. And you still thought Romeo plus Juliet was not going to be just fucking bombast? There is a part of me that hopes that when directors sign on to projects, they, you know, take every project as a new uh, battle to face that requires new skills of the toolbox. I was wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wrong. of course. Every director does that. I every famous so director fucking... has always done that forever. Yes, some of them do. Not you, Wes no, Anderson. Not, not you, true. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Pay me a director with longevity who's like, well, I've never seen that before. Spielberg. There were no war horses in E.T. No, I'm Stop. Just Don't this even start with that. a separate argument. <laughs> okay. I just know your buttons at this point. When I want to get out of an argument, I just start poking. War I'm horse sure. is not a button. I have to have, I, the, have the you would press. Yeah, you're like, oh, I didn't see the war horse coming. War horse, my favorite That's, movie that year. That's kind of the thesis of that whole movie. I didn't yeah. see that war horse coming. Ne- neither here nor there. I was so fucking unprepared for Mm. the opening of this film, TV broadcast, and then we just start this, Verona! And I was like, whoa, whoa, ow, ow, ow. It's like punching me in the face. I was like, what's happening? Where is this place? What country am I in? What city? What is happening? Yeah. When they got to that gas station, I was so unprepared for this to be like a 1970s kung fu movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Complete with cartoon sound effects. I mean, this, this, the, the bombast, as you said, of this scene fucking melted my brain. And yeah. I knew I was in for a completely different version of Romeo plus Juliet. I would argue for the better. Oh, yeah. Alex, opening thoughts uh, on Shake- Romeo plus Juliet by Shakespeare um, and Bos Lerman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it's, <clears throat> this is one of those like, really defining adaptations like this is the one everyone always references like there's not a lot of other romeo and juliet uh, adaptations that people are like oh that was great too this is the one always everyone always talks about not just because it's like leonardo dicaprio's like huge like this was probably the big this was the movie he did before titanic i actually read that 
Paul Rudd convinced him he was tired. They had Paul Rudd had finished filming that day. They went out to a bar, and DiCaprio was like, "Yeah, I think I might take the lead in this like Titanic movie." And apparently, Paul Rudd's dad was like a historian of the Titanic and told him all this shit about it. And he's like, "You got to take the movie." But this was like, <laughs> this was the movie that the first one, the first of the Leonardo DiCaprio movies. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, that guy is hot as hell." He can like just he's just sex on screen. Um, oh, he was for sure. Romeo and Juliet is like probably my least favorite uh, Shakespeare movie or Shakespeare story. Like, bar of none. the tragedies, not your favorite. Of the tragedies, my least favorite. Like, I don't think it's very interesting. And again, like the moral of the story is literally like, dude, check your mail. What's wrong with you? Like, how how can you be this bad <laughs> at this? <laughs> I'm going to get to that. That is not Teenage Romeo's fault that he's not up on postal standards. Hey, you old fucking botanist priest. Hey, just you like, never heard of a fucking Pick up a phone, note? bro. You never heard of How FedEx? About this? If you're going to go out. It's FedEx. Overnight yeah. delivery. Don't be, don't be douche. If you're going to go out as the fucking civil war begins in your town, get a post-it note. Stick it on Juliet's head. Yeah. Do not fucking open Do until not. midnight. It's cool. <laughs> right. Um. Romeo plus Juliet, though, my wife also, this was like her, like, same movie, same, same as, same as her, same as Amy, uh, one of the big sexual awakening movies of her youth, the soundtrack, that was always the big thing, was the soundtrack for this movie is like a big deal, um, but yeah, again, it, it does such a good job of making everything seem better than it really is, because again, like, I, I just think the story of Romeo and Juliet is boring as hell. However, this movie does start with a fucking firecracker of an opener. And again, it's every, awesome. Everybody who is, <laughs> it's fucking like, awesome. This supporting cast has no business. It's that has they have no right to have this kind of supporting cast. Like it's first off, John Leguizamo, who's just at that point, Dude. John Leguizamo, I think had only done one fucking movie and everyone just knew he was the comedian. John Leguizamo. The pest. He is the fucking man in this movie. Like this oh, was he's so fucking good. He's, so he's fucking the second good. best performer in the movie. Second best performer in the movie, <laughs> behind of course. He's no. fucking great. Behind, Mercutio is the best yeah, character. Behind in this movie. behind Harold Perrineau, who plays Mercutio. Mercutio I those, mean that guy. They're incredible. You're like whatever else everyone else is doing. You're like that guy is so like, transcendent compared to everyone else that comes close ev- to him on screen. Every it's single wild. person in the movie is doing a Shakespeare play. Like everybody in the movie is doing a Shakespeare play. Harold Perrineau is kind of doing Harold Perrineau is the Shakespeare play. Like you're just watching this guy fucking just crush. It's incredible. Yes. But whatever Paul Servino's doing in this movie was intense, but strange. What are there you was talking a scene of? when he's just what are you talking, talking about? I'm Paul Servino. <laughs> there was a scene. This is another one of these. I'm like, this movie is so fucking caustic to the eyes, right? This is high grade fucking sandpaper for my retinue. Yeah, and I was just like the scene when Paul Rudd and Paul Sorvino are just chit chatting in an office. I'm like, yeah, this seems what wealthy power brokers do, right? Like this tracks. Sure, sure. The fucking rock hardest cut, right? Like a Frankenstein style jump cut to Paul Sorvino's just fucking, you know, potato shaped just, face, right? Just in the middle of the screen. beefy maw in the sweat lodge, and he's just wow, and he's I, just getting up to get more sweaty. And I was like, why was this a thing? 
easily why is my, this happening easily one of my favorite like what the hell cuts in this entire movie and there's a lot of them oh, but that God. one particularly well, like and then you go because paul Servino's like the, the target of a lot of these when he is just the sweaty drugged out opera man yeah i, I was like that. is paul Servino just like finally i don't have to play like a fucking crime boss and is loving his life i mean technically he is a crime boss but but that i think is the paul sorvino that he like because it's him so paul sorvino plays uh the main the, capulet. the father capulet and then brian dennehy yeah. plays father montague um, and brian dennehy is so right in his brian dennehy zone yeah, like this is perfect, Ryan, Brian Dennehy. Like we're just seeing yeah. vintage Brian Dennehy at this moment. And again, like I love Brian Dennehy. He's like, is that Romeo movie. emoting? Ugh. Yeah. Doth I see so... a little puss over there? Ugh. <laughs> where, where, where art thou? Where art thou, Romeo? Ugh, probably off pussing somewhere, just being a douche. Like, where art thou, Romeo? Far frometh the apple and tree. I know it that. <laughs> That's. I think that is my favorite thing about the characterization of Montague in this movie is he just so hates the fact that his son is not like just out blasting fools. He's just like, like that's like one of my favorite. The, the that's structure also of-, of the gang in this movie is very bizarre. Cause you're like the Capulets. I get it. It feels like a family business. Yeah. And you're like, what is this Island of lost children? That the that's also Montague one of my favorite grew? cuts is when he reaches for, cause <laughs> because it's like taking place in this, sort of it's called so the 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 town is called they shot it in veracruz mexico but this town's called verona beach um yeah when i when he <laughs> grabs his long sword and it's basically just this fucking massive shotgun just stashed in his limo <laughs> and his wife's like stay sir stay and you're like how badly do you want to see brian denny he just whipped that thing out and flay a door open and just start spraying people like that is yeah. the action movie we all want but we're making Romeo. That is the walking tall sequel that we were fucking robbed. Of. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I'm like, they probably made five walking talls, not with the rock. But no, um, it's I think I think it's a strange, and this is the thing, right? We've we had this debate many weird. times. I won't relitigate the iambic pentameter. This movie actually uses it i think as well as you can because everything in the film is so surreal and bizarre yeah that them talking in iambic pentameter when literally 60 percent of the cast cannot no deliver a line because this is what i was realizing watching this in hamlet to get ready for next week's show right there are some actors who can just deliver shakespeare lines and still feel like they're actually acting right Mm-hmm. Mercutio, the father in this movie, is really good at it. It still sounds like he's saying yeah. normal words that a Mercu- person would say. Like Harold Perrineau, Brian Dennehy, Paul Sorvino kind of does it. Uh, no. <laughs> John Leguizamo, John Leguizamo can do it. Johnny Legs, pretty good. I think that's because he's just that good. Um, Dash Mihawk's very good. When they're- when they're doing the iambic pentameter, it sounds like they're trying so hard to not fuck up the words. Yes. That they're not really acting, right? They're more worried about saying the things the way they're supposed to say them. And some actors can just... like It's a whole extra skill than acting, right? Is being yeah. able to do that naturally. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, they kind of take that off the table. It doesn't matter that Jamie Kennedy... It's just uh, well, whatever to, the fuck he's to doing. To be in fair, this movie. Jamie Kennedy has no actual like Shakespearean lines in this film. 
Like, he has like one or two, right? Like, where it's like they gave him two lines, and they're like, "Yeah, otherwise, just scream like him mother." And, uh, the bald guy from Wet Hot American Summer, and yeah. they're just like, and then whoever they got, that guy who's like a thumb with the fucking army haircut, right? Are you talking about Dash Mihawk? Yes. Yeah. So bad, so fucking bad. Every time he opens his mouth to deliver a line, you're like, I don't get the point break via fucking. You know, iambic pentameter, but it works in this movie. When you set this surreal cartoonish tone, sure. it's almost as if you're doing like a Jackson Pollock painting, right? Where it is just getting colors and line and movement across the screen. And so nothing can fully become that abrasive because it's a cacophony across the screen. I actually thought it was kind of a brilliant choice, honestly, instead of doing really stodgy, somber Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like, what they're delivering is performance. Like, I think that what's good is while they all know the lines, they're delivering performance above everything else. And I think because the movie is so, it just lives so far outside reality. And because it's not like burying itself in the real world, like some other movies we've seen this month, it's really like, you don't really, it doesn't bother you. Like, I, I don't think anybody other than like Harold Perrineau, John Leguizamo and Brian Dennehy really do it the way that they need to. Like towards the end, Leonardo DiCaprio, like that last speech, he fucking crushes. Like last speech, he fucking commits. And something about it just he's, like, it does. he's got very some moments. And he's this got movie. very good moments. Like, but and again, he's he's a fantastic actor, and that's why he's won an Oscar. That's why he's still one of the greatest actors in the world. But he, everybody other than the three I've listed, have trouble convincing me that like and again for me i said this at the top of the month iambic pentameter pentameter is always about contextual clues like if you have some vague understanding of the story you can kind of pick up what's going on like it's very rare that you're going to understand like again if you're unless you're a scholar and like even my wife who's a fucking english major in college thinks iambic pentameter is annoying as hell but like if you at least have a vague understanding of the story, you know sort mm -hmm. of what they're saying because if they're good enough at acting, which all these people it's are. It's like Shawshank totally Redemption, right? I don't know what those Italian ladies were saying, but I felt it in my soul. Right? That's exactly it's what it opera. is. Yeah. It's an opera. And I, I watched Carmen in like sixth grade. Mm -hmm. Like, I have no fucking idea. I was like, I know that she's getting around and he doesn't want her to get around and they're going to kill each other about right. it. I didn't understand a word of the play, but you're like, I got it. I instead watched Carmen a hip hopera, but that's me. I'd watch that shit too. I just remember being like, man, Carmen is awesome. Yeah. Like I was really starring, into, I was like, are all operas about people just slinging it around town? I am star excited. Starring, uh, starring Beyonce and Mackay Pfeiffer, our Othello for this month. <laughs> really? I'm pretty sure that's I Mackay almost want to go track this down now. I'm pretty sure that's Mackay Pfeiffer. A hip hopper. Okay. Carmen, a hip hopper. Interesting. <laughs> either way, uh, Romeo plus Juliet, um, yeah, like the level of because again, I th there's one thing I noted the other night I was watching with Andrea and um, the scene where the um, it's the night of the party and they're all out on the beach. I was like, why are the fireworks so close to their faces? Jesus Christ! Like how? Like that was like Drugs. it's just this very strange. This was before they they dro all dropped ecstasy. But again, it was one of those I things. I feel like Mercutio like, came in hot. He was already fucking flying well, high. Mercutio was already just like super dehydrated from 
quite I mean, was a that night. just one of the greatest entrances in any movie ever? Few he just comes flying up and just fucking bombs into that scene. And it's like, fuck everything in this movie you've seen. Stare at me. Yeah. And I was like, and yeah, I don't want to see anyone else on I don't want to see anybody else do the it. Movie. There's another... I mean, everybody just adds their own flavor in a way that you don't... You don't expect it to. Because, again, this movie takes place in such a bizarre universe that never would exist. There's, like, all these little affectations of character. Like, Paul Sorvino... Paul Sorvino is like, I guess, was I mean, he's is he supposed to be uh, the god of wine or just like a dude? Like it was, a little Dionysus y? It was a little Dionysus y, but like he's like so like flippant at the party. And then finally, like, because Tybalt's like ready to fucking blow up. And he's just yeah. so like, oh, who gives a shit? Let's just fuck around and have a great time. Like, it's that stuff. And then the one thing that I noted that I was like, wow, like that is like, there's some. There's something that is going on here that like no one else is really putting together. Is Paul Rudd dancing with uh, Claire Danes? I mean, again, like when Paul Rudd turned around, dude, and he's like, <laughs> "Look, confetti!" I told, I, I stared at Amy because Amy has grown and matured into this woman where she has essentially three crushes, right? right. Steve Carell, mm-hmm. Dave Grohl. I'm not on the list, no. and you're never on the list Paul with Rudd. your spouse, yeah. Yeah, and Paul Rudd, and I was like, Paul Rudd? Like, okay. And this is before he won, like, Sexy Man Award or whatever. I was just like, all right, he's kind of like a poor man's Ryan Reynolds. I get it. Like, probably more fun to hang out with. Ryan Reynolds, I feel like, doesn't shut it off, I bet. Yeah. But I was like, watch this movie right here. I was like, this is the two Amys colliding. The young Amy who wanted nothing more than to run away with Romeo, and the new Amy who just wants to fucking giggle at confetti. And I was like, look at this. (laughs) It and was, she's like, "How dare!" You? I mean, it's he's he's so he committed to being douche. such a douche and such a goof, like dancing with her and like spinning himself. I'm like, this is the best. I will say this though: what an amazing comeback story, right? A Saint Peter's like story <laughs> is that he just outlasted Leo and probably now considered hotter than Leo. It's he possible. did the damn thing. He did the damn, and thing. he is such a tremendously horrible actor in this movie. Look at how far he's come. He is a great actor. I now. mean, I think like for me, it read on per- like this is the other thing for me. Like Paul Rudd's performance is like feels on purpose. Like it's it could the, be. It's That's the beginning. A fair point. Like him and Zach Orth, who's the guy that you were talking about earlier, the bald dude, the Montague guy from Wet Hot American Summer. I don't remember when. I mean, Wet Hot American Summer. I think is probably like five years away for all of them, mm-hmm. but. They both like particularly Paul Rudd feels like he's like purposely laying it on real thick to be like, hey, look, it's I like ponies and candy. Like that's like the whole bit because he's wearing the <laughs> well, you come into this fucking my little pony visual hellscape. Yeah. And you're like, how the hell am I going to be the well, suit? <laughs> well, not only that, like, he, yeah, he's like it's not only that, like that costume party is such a great like visual metaphor for the entirety of the story because like. You know, Romeo's in the knight's armor. Uh, Juliet is an angel. But him dressed as an astronaut felt so out of place. But it works perfectly because that character is just so unbelievably douche. Like, of course, this asshole would dress up as an astronaut. Like, nothing sexy. He would just dress up as, like, a big, poofy astronaut. And it's literally be- a costume that's like, ew, stay away from me. 
Gross. Yeah, guys who dress up like astronauts, yeah. you, like you assume, you're like, that guy is trying so hard to get laid, and it will never now, happen. Now, I want me and Amy for our next Halloween party to go as, I want her to go as slutty contagion monkey, and I'm going to go as bubble suit Dustin Hoffman, and just be like, ew, gross. <laughs> That's going to be our joke all night. And for the two people that remember Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman and the monkey. No, um. God, this fucking movie. It's I mean, just, down to the fucking cartoon sound effects and whatever. Let's let's just start, even though we're in the middle of the show. Uh, we got to talk about Leo. I don't think you can talk about this movie outside of Leo, despite how it makes so Leo. many shows. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about him. Good Lord. Yeah, we have kids. That's a haunting. Sorry, this is just, it's it's all, I, it's that and turning red in my life. The fact that I get to Thankfully, watch my son likes Kiss, impressive. so he gets That's to listen good. to some Kiss now and then. That's and now good. he likes Live, the '90s band Live. Wow! And he's like, "Dad, I'm just gonna listen to Dolphins Cry my whole life." And I was like, "Yeah, me too, dude. Good call. Good call." Poor kid. Neither here nor there. Uh, I, I'm kind of with you. There are moments in this where you see that Leo's not where he is now. No, I mean he's still. But what young. I think is fun about this because this guy has the pure. I mean, he is magma when he's on screen, right? Oh, yeah. That opening of, like, emo Romeo is, like, I'm going to smoke cigs on a fucking broken down carousel and write poems. I, I was mean, like, oh, dude. Dude. No wonder. No fucking wonder. But there are moments in this movie where you see the absolute acting god he's about to become. Totally. That 100%. scene with him and Tibble in front of the fountain Dude. I was just like, holy shit! I mean, man. that whole beat is. I was I, the way I just I described it to my mother because I was talking to her. I was like, I just don't like Romeo and Juliet. This was just not a, it's not my kind of tragedy. Yeah. And we were talking about. It, I'm like, but then like that scene where he's writing poetry and smoking cigs at the beach. I was like, see, this is like, this is like the prototype emo kid from like <laughs> my generation, which is like. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that's what you do to seem deep, even though you're really. He's just not. listening to the taste of ink or whatever. Yeah, well, no, no. See, that's too hard. Like he's listening he to is. like he's listening to like Copeland and stuff dashboard like that. Dashboard confession. A lot of dashboard, like a lot of vagrant yeah. bands. But I'm like, and see, like those of us who are like really into like Macbeth or like Othello and shit like that. That's like where like you're dipping into metalcore and shit like that. Like those are the <laughs> those are the those are the emo kids. Those are the Shakespeare emo kids. Though. That's what those. Are. But this one, Romeo and Juliet, because like there are so many bands that have quoted this. Like because like every fucking movie, every record has like a Romeo and Juliet shit thing. Like especially from that genre, because I had forgotten so many of these lines. Like that line, then I defy you, stars. That he screams at the heavens after that, which is a great scene. And again. That's a great moment, and that's one of those things that I'm like, oh shit, that is like Leonardo DiCaprio's. We know him now. Like, yeah. That's like, that's this right. like great line delivery. Like he has these wonderful <laughs> moments, and then he also has these moments. Where I'm like, I think you're just saying the words, man. Like it doesn't feel like I don't feel like you're in this moment. Right. And understand, and which is again, this you is can the get thing, lost. Though, about it that, happens. Right? This is this is the Romeo and Juliet is teenage energy, right? Yeah. For sure. And so I think this movie I noticed, right? Leo, when he's at 11, wonderful. Totally. Leo, when he's whispering, right? When he is whispering about, I have never seen beauty until now, right? Mm -hmm. As she's dancing with Paul Rudd in his fucking, uh, you know, full body chastity suit. <laughs> when he's whispering, I was like, Shakespeare whispered. 
hits like a ton of bricks, right? That's where Shakespeare exists, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. And the big, like, calling it out of the muted, like, oh, woe is me to be or not to be, uh, defy stars. And I was like, he's really good at those. This whole movie, first off, every scene in this movie that's just a normal two people talking in a conversational tone scene feels like that scene in Antichrist where Willem Dafoe has to drag the grinding stone as it's nailed through his legs. It's horrible. Anytime this movie's not being offensive to all your senses, it's really bad. I'll tell you the one that and doesn't that's the feel thing that way. Because, okay, go ahead. I'll tell you the one that doesn't feel that way, and it's only because M. Emmett Walsh is in it, is the first one we have where in the, the, they're in the pool hall. And, like, Dash Mihawk, <laughs> Dash Mihawk and Leonardo DiCaprio are trying their best to, like, do this conversational thing that doesn't really work because they're both, like, again, like, for me – iambic pentameter shakespeare is about the cell like you got to sell me that this is like how you talk and that's very difficult takes years of training like that kind of shit like literally the only actor i've ever seen who's able to do it besides kenneth branagh is like leah thompson not leah thompson sorry not her i don't know either way thompson emma thompson thank you god damn (laughs) not carolina not carolina in the city emma thompson I was like, I have missed some fucking movies. Yeah, <laughs> Emma Thompson. But even Kenneth, that scene, Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh are the only ones I've ever been able to see who, like, I buy. That's how they would talk in real life. But yeah. the reason the scene works is because it's purpose, and, and I really do believe this. They're doing, they're doing this bit. It's purposely punctuated by M. Emmett Walsh, and he doesn't have to say a fucking thing. And I don't know what it is about his presence, but because he's the apothecary in this movie, mm-hmm. who's the guy who ends up poisoning. Romeo for those of you who have never heard of Romeo and Juliet sorry I don't I don't know why I'm explaining that but I don't know what it is but that presence and that beat lands so perfectly you almost forget that these guys spent five minutes not really believing any of the dialogue it's probably 30 seconds but every like the one was where Claire Danes and the nurse right Mary Margolis who takes care of her yeah when they're just talking about Romeo, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, kill me. Like the fly, right? I was like, this is so boring. And then all of a sudden, it's like, or do you want choir prince? And you're like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. But again, I think this comes back to Romeo and Juliet is for children. It's a, it's a teenage story, right? It's the I found a girl and I fell so hard that I'm willing to poison myself for after one date. And it has that teenager energy. And this movie really captures what it feels like to be that young. And I was telling you, this is why I like teenage melodrama is because you watch a show like Skins and you're like, these kids actually think that everything they're going through is the biggest, most important thing in the world. And all of us who are 20 years past that are like, oh, yeah, it feels that way. And then in 20 years, you'll never talk to those people from high school again and it'll move on. And you'll have countless experiences like this. But we because we forget what we remember what it's like but you can't ever fully be in it this feels like you're sunk in the mind of a teenager again right Mm -hmm. and i was one of the things i was really impressed with leo i have a friend uh named michael right who's a uh, friend of the pod we play D &D together and shay's really nice guy i like him a lot but we love to argue about movies because we seemingly can never meet in the middle on anything and he was really mad that i said west side story was a stupid fucking story i'm like west side story is just a a bad dumb story that i'm uninterested in and i was like even take the musical scene aside right because i had never seen the original and i was like all right so maria meets this boy who is essentially 
a white hole of charisma right in the middle of the screen anytime Ansel Igor is on screen any sex that that movie has disappears right it's like sucked up it's like that movie life force with the uh, fucking naked vampire ladies they just suck that movie dry right no fucking sexual chemistry at all no heat they met under the bleachers they didn't touch they run out and then the next thing you know he stabs her brother in the heart who she lives with and seemingly has a great relationship with him and his wife right and he crawls up to her window and he's like maria i killed your brother and she's like cool and they just get right to the fucking sex and I was like, one, it's the 50s. People didn't throw ass like that. And two, it's unbelievable that they like each other that much, right? They met under a bleacher and didn't even, like, touch. And his uh, his retort was, you know, it's Romeo and Juliet. If you don't like Romeo and Juliet. And I was like, fine. I think Romeo and Juliet does a better sell. And especially in this movie, because Leonardo DiCaprio makes me believe a thousand fucking percent that he is willing to walk to the gates of hell without... Claire Danes, who is kind of the Ansel Egord of this film, <laughs> if we're being honest. Interesting. But Leo sells the shit out of it that this is worth walking through the afterlife just right. to find her. And I thought that was one of the most underrated parts of his performance. Yeah. I mean, again, he's... Not to just take a detour to fucking drive by a West Side Story, but... Well, you did anyways. <laughs> uh, I mean, the cell is there. I mean, I don't... Again, West Side Story is a different thing altogether. Like, I, I, I'm not getting into that conversation. But <laughs> because I don't, because, like, if you don't like musicals, West Side Story sucks. It's that simple. Like, I wasn't talking about a musical number. I'm talking about just on a fucking I know story you're not, but it's level. hard to separate the two because okay. it's basically an opera. It's difficult. So, fair enough. <laughs> I think that, but yeah, like, the sell is the hardest part. Yeah, like, I think Leonardo DiCaprio does that. 100% of the time, even when you don't necessarily believe him, he's very, very good. That's impossible not I, to be that way. Again, I feel like you don't believe people in this film when they're chatting. But when they're feeling? Yeah. Because I, I think this is the hard sell of Romeo and Juliet, is the star-crossed lovers, right? You see one person, you fall immediately in love for with them, and you're willing to go to the grave for the person you just met within a day or two, right? Right. That's a really hard sell. And it's something that probably was a lot more present in the time of Shakespeare, right? right. Like that kind of, the well, world was smaller for everyone. So finding well, they one woman. at the very woman, beginning of the show. It's yeah. a two-hour story. So like, you're going to fit a lot of crap in two hours. If you're going to do star-crossed lovers in two hours, the sell has to be there, and I buy it in this movie. When he looks at her through that aquarium, though, I was like, that's that's a guy who's going to go on I get it. to be an amazing actor. Yeah. Like, you just fucking feel it. And no offense not to drive by Claire Danes as well. She does not match that for but a moment in this film, I feel you like. Know, She's not I, bad. It's not that, though. This is I, I'll always this is something that I think is really important, too. I think also the way that Romeo and Juliet is written is not to make it's it's a Romeo. It's the Romeo show. It is I, not I about I agree Julia. with that 100%. Because you see Claire Danes, right? When she goes to find the priest, right? And when she has her... When Paul Sorvino's like, fuck you, Thursday, I will not be forsaken. Yeah. And then she's like, mom, help me. I know you were blowing Tybalt. And she's like... Ah. 
the vapors and she runs away that was strange they just started making out in the party scene i was like isn't that your aunt yeah like god damn you guys predicted the hub way back in the 2000s <laughs> but um i was like she wasn't even stuck in a dishwasher what the hell man come right. on um <laughs> but when claire danes in all of her righteous rage like i'm going to confess and she gets in the room with the priest you're like oh fuck yeah man she's unleashing it again yeah and I think there is, I think that's a Boz Lerman issue. As one, I agree that I think it's written as Romeo's story and Juliet is essentially a prop. Yeah. But in this one, Juliet gets the moment, right? When she's fucking going in and she's with an actor who's really good at Shakespeare and the priest. And she's able to insert high emotion instead of just worrying about pentameturing. Mm-hmm. She's great in that moment. So I was like, it's not that Claire Danes wasn't good. Well, it's just. It's so blown away by some of the other performances. Right. Again, I also think that Romeo and Juliet for me is never a show about all the characters talking to one. Like Romeo and Juliet is about the soliloquy. It's about the story overall. It is not about like these characters going back and forth with each other. Like the only people that you, and this is actually, this is where Baz Luhrmann does something that I think no one else really can do. It makes me, and sells it in a way that you're like, well, this is actually like it's worth watching because any other I think any other iteration you have of um, us the standoff between Mercutio and Tybalt, oh, every yeah. other iteration is like kind of shitty compared because like one you have Harold Perrineau and John Leguizamo who are like the all stars of this movie who yeah. finally get a scene together and you're like holy shit like you have a guy who you know you have a guy who's best known as a comedian right now. Versus a, a classically trained, like you're watching these two guys who are just fucking laying it on the line, man. Like mm-hmm. incredible performances back and forth. And on top of all that, they're about to get, I don't know if you know this, that uh, weather, the hurricane and shit that happens that like essentially Mercutio summons as an epox on their houses, real hurricane in the movie, actual thing that happened on set. Was it really? Yes. So him, like, when the wind starts picking up, they had to color the screen, though, right? You know, yeah. So like the like obviously, okay. yeah. No, no. Because no. I was like, that, that part looks super. No. I was like, if that's a hundred percent real, that's the coolest fucking thing. No, of no, all no. Time. That that Mortal Kombat shit in the sky. That's very yeah. different. Um, no, no. Christopher Lambert's like, oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. That's but no, I that was apparently a act like they were trying to finish the scene as this hurricane was rolling into town. Great. And like, that was like the fucking scene they were doing. Like that is amazing yeah. timing. But like my only beef with that the scene cell. is that Leo's in it. I was like, if that scene was just waste yes. Tybalt and Mercutio, right? I wanted nothing between them. When it starts at the little cabana where they're getting food, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And you're like, you can tell. Cause this again, Mercutio so good in this movie, the scene before where the nurse comes to get Romeo, and he's trying to call him back jovial like the other fucking friends, right? Right, yeah. He fucking shoots his gun at the beach, and I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, will you come to the uncle's for dinner? And he's on the verge of tears, and Romeo's mm-hmm. like, I'll follow. And this guy knows he fucking lost his friend Romeo. He knows it's over. Yeah. And so when you're at the beach, you're like, oh, fuck, you feel it. This, this fucking eruption is coming, right? So when him and Tybalt are going at it, I was like, okay, we're going to do the fucking water gun duel thing where, you know, the training is in. My only fucking problem with the scene is that Mercutio just goes out like he's nothing. 
Oh, and I understand what? it's like a you know because he says he's like you know I died in your arms, right? But I was like, I wanted him and Tibble to have like a they live back and forth, fucking. Psh, psh, no, but see, like that's but with like lines, right? But with like but, witticisms. No, that's but see, like that's what I think Baz Luhrmann does better is gives. He gives that mo- like I mean I fucking love that scene just because it ends so. It's spectacular. a fucking wonderful scene. Like, it I ends so spectacularly and like he gives that like a pox on both your houses like, damn you like that. When he it- does not relent in death and forgive Romeo. Fuck yeah, dude. That's amazing. Just, that's like the kind of shit you're like I love the like that's the stuff that you fucking love in this tragedy. That's the kind of stuff yeah. like if that's what this shit was about. I probably would be able to stomach Romeo and Juliet infinitely more than I, I don't. So because it's fed, it's fucking petty. It's child childhood yeah, petty. It's just these two people right? who want to fuck. And again, like it's literally the movie literally hinges on FedEx being late. Like I can't. It's just like a yeah. huge problem for me. Also, again, always has been. Juliet not as cool with Tybalt as Maria would be with her brother. Neither here nor there. Just well, once again, again. Neither here nor different, there. Different adaptation, different story. <laughs> but that's for you, Michael, man. Let's go. Let's go. No, I'm just kidding. I love Michael to death. Great, great guy. But Tibble, even in that scene, right? Because yeah. Mercutio's a lot more flash, right? Like, he really has this movie locked down. Mm-hmm. John Leguizamo, when he's just begging him to fight him, the fucking dynamic on his face between rage and like almost a scared child right who's been playing at robert rodriguez character in the first scene with the double guns with the yeah. you know dangly crosses and shit like that is a a cartoon character movie right when he totally. shoots the sign it's like woo, 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 woo. Right? Like, yeah. you're like this is roger rabbit and then in that moment you're like oh my god look at this fucking guy and then again on the steps i mean i thought john leguizamo was just breathtaking oh man. Like, he starts as a roger rabbit guy ends and just i mean it's wonderful the, it's, that it's card un, un, that you whole, cannot take your eyes off the screen that whole sequence of events is so fucking incredible like and that's another thing again like it's leonardo dicaprio emoting like if i if you don't believe him saying the words like his face just fucking sells the whole thing man oh man it's so good well, it was you or i or, or I or b- both have to go join him, right? Like, his spirit's still low above. Oh, my God. So but Leo sells the shit I mean, the face moment. he's making when he's about to just fucking crunch that car, you're like, that is, that's a fucking actor right there, man. And also, he's still young enough. Like, his voice is cracking. So when he's trying to sound tough and adult, he's <laughs> And you're like, I actually think that's wonderful. I was like, By the way, yeah, 21 man. at the time of making this movie. Was he really? He's 21. I do wow. have I do have a really I have a, I honest to God would have said fifteen. Like I thought he was actually pubescent. I have a casting I do have a casting right here. So there's a so there was one other actress. There I said there were five or six. However, there were two that were really in contention. Actress besides, or actor? Actresses to be to be okay. Juliet instead of Claire Danes. DiCaprio, I believe, picked Claire Danes with Baz Luhrmann. They decided after they had done screen tests with Natalie Portman. Oh, my God. What? So they had done screen tests with Natalie Portman, who was 14 at the time. Oh, and that's like, creepy. 
They That's were, Leon and, the professional creepy. So they they did like they did these um, tests with her and apparently and DiCaprio and Baz Luhrmann watched the test. Like it looks like he's molesting her. I cannot make we cannot make a movie with this girl. Like she's amazing, but like she's fourteen. Like and not only that, yeah. she's making Leonardo DiCaprio actually look twenty one years old. I'm like, yeah, yikes. that's. I mean, that's a good call. It's Natalie a, Portman, I would argue, she would have been great. Come on, Absolutely. she is She's the wonderful. truth. She doesn't need to be in the teenagers who have sex until they die movie. Exactly. Here's the other one that, but this is the one that I'm like weird, like not gonna work for me. Probably well, it was this time period, so I had to be Julia Stiles, right? <laughs> the Queen of Shakespeare. Okay, you'd fucking think, right? Very weird. <laughs> the in, Queen of Shakespeare adaptations. This, it was the other one who was up for it was sarah michelle geller weird i i read that and i'm like i don't know if i see that happening honestly i don't Uh, know that's that's a strange i feel like i've never seen her in that kind of lane i've only seen her do that movie i kind i've never seen her do a movie besides buffy i've only ever seen like buffy-esque stuff i've only ever seen her do it once and she was good scooby-doo yeah (laughs) She was I, good. I like her oh, no, as an no. actress. She, sure. she did a movie with your boy Sean Patrick Flannery. Uh, oh, SPF. I've only seen What's her, up, Powder. She, she did it once. She was good. The movie was bad, but she was good. But I don't know if I see her as Juliet, especially in this context. I don't know. I know that you don't I, like Claire Danes in this movie. I thought Claire Danes does the I, proper. I agree with you. Neophyte I think- thing. I think I was saying it where she's just so overpowered by everyone else in the film. Right. And she kind of has the, you know, Helen of Troy issue, Juliet, a lot, right? Like, yeah. oh, I'm so perfect that men are willing to burn down the world around me. And you're like, all right, but let's let her have some scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's every iteration I, I think Claire of Danes Juliet is a great me. actress. I just, she she just gets steamrolled. Every iteration. And honestly, every iteration, don't you feel like in a Boz Lerman just like fucking cacophony, right? Like a literal fucking margarita blender of a movie <laughs> that you could probably put in almost any actress in this movie or yeah. actor. Well, that's how I feel about that's how I feel about Juliet in general, to be honest with you. Like the cast the strong castings in this movie are everyone surrounding them. Like the honestly, Romeo and Juliet in to be frank, in any iteration of Romeo and Juliet, that includes this like this is different because it's leonardo dicaprio but like romeo and juliet in general west side story like everything like it you don't have to make romeo and juliet really that good you just have to make everyone around them good because the side characters got way more they are black holes of despair like the entire movie like these are two people who have no fucking (laughs) idea what they're doing with their lives and they're gonna ruin it anyways are you telling me ethan hawk's hamlet is just like guys come on lighten up a little bit Come on. <laughs> Ethan Hawks Ethan Hawks Hamlet picks up Sister Act from Blockbusters like I'm going to I'm going to watch this. Jesus Christ. He's like, "Yeah, actually, can I uh can I get Tommy Boy instead? You guys are bumming me out." <laughs> but that's that's really kind of what that's really kind of what's important about any Romeo and Juliet adaptation is that everyone around Romeo and Juliet cuz like Natalie Wood, I know everyone talks about that. Natalie Wood is not that good. In the original version of West Side Story. She doesn't have to be. She's also a white girl being uh, Puerto Rican, which is really weird. But either way, <laughs> Natalie Wood and Larry Kerr don't have to be good in West Side Story from the 50s. Ansel Igor, or whatever his fucking name is, and what's that girl's name? Rachel Zegler? Neither mm-hmm. of them. They don't have. You don't have to be. She was really be, good, though. She they don't have good. to be good. 
Ariana DeBose, that's why she fucking won an Oscar. Like, like, Anita has to be good. Bernardo has to be good. Riff has to be good. Like, those people need to be good in that version, just like John Leguizamo, Dash Mihawk, M. Emmett Walsh, Brian Dennehy. Everybody around the main characters has to be good because those two do not take you through the story. Their passion is, like, important, but it's almost a side character at some point because – and I don't know about you, but watching this version particularly, I'm like, man, can I stick with, like, anybody else? Like, the rest of these people suck so bad. Like, I would just – like, these two are just such terrible people. Can I please just, I, like, watch Tybalt's life? I will tell you the moment I was like, oh, no. I was like, the <laughs> the uh, I'm just going to spray paint the side of the cinema theory of this movie was in trouble, right? The epic scene on the beach happens. Mm-hmm. We shoot Tybalt, right? And all that shit is wonderful. I'm pretty sure I paused the movie because I'm like, all right, that's it. We got to drink some shit and we're done, right? Like five minutes. We're over. So my wife was like, hey, we got to go do some errands. I paused the movie after that and I'm like, how is there 50 more minutes? And this is when the movie grinds to a halt. I fucking hate. This is another reason I don't like. I do not like fucking romeo and juliet because yeah because well, also you just took out the two very best characters once that, we that love. shit happens you're just like i don't <laughs> fucking care what happens to these two they suck well but, it's anyway. hard because it's such a foregone conclusion and we've seen a lot we all had to read it in high school and also it's like the thing i was liking about this movie is that it was so bombastic i like the party i like the drugs i like the you know cross-dressing i like the you know looking through aquariums and shit that's what i'm here for right and now all of a sudden we're doing this slowed down actual dramatic stuff and i just feel like this was not like boz lerman was not prepared for this stuff and he just did not get the movie where it needed to be when there wasn't like some fucking wild shit going on right every time this movie gets quiet it gets tough to hang with. It does. Right? And and I will not- say, because that first hour is such a fucking just full speed descent on a roller coaster that you're mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm good to stay with it. I want to see it through. But you're like, by the time we get to the the church designed by a guy who likes orgy, you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like, drink the fucking shit. Let's go. Let's Oh, go. so you said orgy. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, by the time we get to, like, the arcade fire church, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. I was like, this is where you either have orgies or vampire parties from Blade. This is definitely not a house of worship. No one believes in God here. Whatever's going on. I was like, yeah, is is Bradley, Brad Dorf's going to come out fucking smoking an e-cig? Like, what's up? I'm also depressed. (laughs) It was, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to say that. only character from Deuce is wild. Yeah, I really liked this movie. I honestly did. I just thought, I don't think Boz Lerman is a great dramatist. Yeah. I think Boz Lerman is like a great showman, right? Like if I was it, I'm going to go to like a seedy bar to see this wild fucking, you know, experimental art performance. That's what I watch Boz Lerman for, that kind of weird shit. I don't think he is good enough at focusing in on really quiet personal moments and making them land and even saying that 
The cast is doing really good work. They're yeah. trying real fucking hard. I also, it's, it's fine. I would say <laughs> the reason for that particularly, because I've like I've seen, I've watched other movies with him, and he knows how to do it. I think because it's the uh, it's the age of the cast for one. Like they're all very much at the beginning of their careers. I, every single one of these guys is like, other than Brian Dennehy and Paul Sorvino. Paul Sorvino's yeah. finally getting to take a ride out of like Mafia Town for a minute. But yeah. like all these guys are at the beginning of their career. So like the whispery stuff that like we like about the Shakespeare, particularly about Romeo and Juliet, is kind Everyone of Everyone wants to whisper that kind of shit to their wife, yeah, right? Of like I, I get it, man. I get it. But I would say the other part of that and like the negative would be I like that he I like that he understand like this is what Boslerman understands about the Romeo and Juliet he made is like okay this is super depressing it's also <laughs> like really stupid so what I have to do is like load this thing at the like if you front load this movie with everything they did what's great is yeah there's 50 minutes left after Tybalt gets shot yeah <laughs> but also it's one of those things she's like this is the play too. Like the play is this bland as well. But that's what that's what he Well does. they're like let's inject a little euphoria in here. Right. Yeah. And watch these te- cuz it's it's I've teenagers done... and adults acting like teenagers, well, right? Like, and You're again, like, okay. I've seen him do Moulin Rouge. Like Moulin Rouge also has the same like drawbacks. Honestly, the difference between this and Moulin Rouge is that Ewan McGregor and uh Nicole Kidman are incredible actors. And do things that these guys, quite frankly, just don't have the ability to do simply because not only are they like living in iambic pentameter, but also Romeo and Juliet is just a very different story of star-crossed lovers. Right. But, I mean, it is like Leo's last moment when he's just whispering sweet nothings to Claire awesome. Dane's body. Absolutely You're awesome. like, he's really That's the fucking, fucking actor good. right there. Absolutely. You are honestly seeing, and I know all movies are shot out of order, but I was like, you see that wherever he was before this movie started, he has gone up a level. Agreed. As an 1, actor. By the end of the movie, he is absolutely like, oh, damn. Like, and I know. I, I'm not as hard on it as you. The idea that two kids do something really fucking stupid and short-sighted, I think, is a pretty fucking hallmark thing that a lot of us oh, have yeah. seen, I'm not, right? I'm like, not it's saying it's standard. not apt of – I'm not saying it's not apt of teenagers – but I mean, like, yeah. it is just it, it again, like, it's just also not my it's not a Shakespeare story that I enjoy very much. Oh, I, I mean, I wouldn't put it in my top tier of his, but I understand why it's so powerful and influential. Right. Absolutely. Because I think I think what Romeo and Juliet speaks to me in this moment, the reason I kind of like the ending where they both do this. Is I think so many of us. Right. And it's it's the advice that all old married couples give you is like, keep dating your wife. And I think so many people, you feel that at some time, right? Even if it's just lust in one evening, right? You've had a couple Jaeger bombs. You're like, is that, I can't even see straight. Is that five women that like me? Maybe one. I don't know. Is it a dog? I don't know. And you're like, ah, two more Jaeger bombs. We'll figure it out. You know, whatever it is for the night, <laughs> just for an example, you, you, you fucking feel every fucking thing inside of you exploding, at once right as if your whole body could explode and combust because you are feeling the most you've ever felt right whether that is 
just lust or whatever, right? And you can't get there with sadness. You can only get there at this kind of euphoric, near love kind of thing, right? And so I think so many of us have been lucky to feel it even just once, right? And probably a lot of us have never felt it all the way. No. And so when you watch these two kids and you're like, fuck, they got there. And they truly felt it, whether it's dumb or short-sighted, whatever. They, they, they fucking saw the best thing they'll ever see and realized they were wise enough to realize that's as good as it'll ever get. And, you know, not that what they did was the wisest thing, but I think, I think people look at it and you're like, man, what I wouldn't do to feel that way about anyone again. Right. And hopefully you do, but like, even if you've been with like your partner for a long time, it's harder to just sparks fly everywhere. Right. Like you're lucky. It still happens sometimes, but I think you, you admire the all inness of teenagers. Of course. And so I, I do I do think it's it's a it's a good ending. It's if a, not a little Oh no, it's stylish. a good ending. I mean, again, <laughs> I like that it it also ends with uh the police chief just saying like I like the, that's actually the my favorite part is literally the police besides DiCaprio doing his thing. But the police chief's like, You are all punished. Like this is what yeah. you guys get for being dickheads. You like are that's big, the kind dumb of thing. children, and now your children are gone. Now your children are gone. Like, what yeah. are you gonna do now? I, you I like fucking idiots. Also, like it's one hundred percent the priest's fault, but I won't yell at him because you know he's got yeah. status. Listen, the fact that, that unfortunately guy the priest did say, not have a FedEx account, and he was not here, able. To... Here's the fucking idiocy of the priest. One, it's like you're FedExing this. I mean, he's in the middle of nowhere in a home that is literally mobile, so he can move it if he were to choose. Right. If you know that Juliet is about to wake up in an hour, you're the fucking priest. First off, lock your fucking church. Secondly, get a fucking folding chair. Take a pew, you fucking sack of shit. Watch the girl who's, you said she's going to wake up within an hour. Why are you down at FedEx being a Karen? Come on, dude. Shut the fuck up. Who cares? Get back there. Go to the church. I mean, you were in there to turn on all the fucking orgy neons. Right? But, you know, again, he was probably just trying to set up his FedEx account. So Literally this doesn't put happen a again. Post-it note on Juliet's forehead. Wait, t- wait five minutes. Oh God, the interplay though is he's talking and like her finger starts to move. And she is really beautiful. Very good. But yeah, it's all one hundred percent the priest's fault. He was in a fucking drug fueled botanist orgy mind because he's hearing Prince and he's like, "Oh, that's sexy." And I've just been sniffing fucking plant pods. <laughs> and there's that scene when he talks like he's in Dark Man and like the thing is unveiling behind him. And he's like, I will marry these two, even though their parents like literally try to murder each other on the streets and use teenagers as soldiers. But this will help. Ah, let me get my Hawaiian shirt and flip flops. <laughs> I think the priest is like 98 percent responsible. One percent bad parenting. One percent teenage hormonal. Yeah, there's a lot of Andy Dufresne in that for sure. I mean, for sure. As in one hundo guilty hiding behind societal privilege. That's what I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you. I'm going to let you live with it. I agree. Finally, we agree that Andy Dufresne 100% is guilty, along with the priest. And they ain't love grand. Ain't love grand. <laughs> Again, just fucking get overnight delivery. My God. Jesus Christ. Just fucking guard the body. This is just, the equivalent of you fucking have one job. Block the shot. You don't have to you steal have the to inbound. Do. Stand in front of the guy in the basket. Come on, sports bros. So sports bros. stupid. Either way. That priest is responsible. Also, what were those kids doing up there? Is he fucking slinging drugs to all these? I have. That's the here. Okay, I want to. I want to. Okay, I have one other casting thing I want to run past you. This was all for uh, Mercutio. There were three other actors. 
uh, Mercutio other... is perfect, but yes, I would love to hear these. Um, it was uh, well, so this ha- the reason that um, this originally apparently might have been John Leguizamo, and then oh, he would have been great too. Then Baz Luhrmann decided he wanted to make Mercutio black, so he cast Harold Perrineau. The only other actors that were considered were Ewan McGregor and Christian Bale, which I think would yeah. have been very uncomfortable and weird. No, and then the only I think Ewan McGregor has a playfulness. About, I think anytime At that time Bale too, tries that was, to be playful and joyful, he seems like like Bateman. He seems like a yeah. He seems like Bateman. This yeah. I mean that. Let's see, ninety six. So he's like just off train spotting. He could have done it okay. It's like How train old would spotting. Hugh Jackman have been back then. I mean, Hugh Jackman wasn't famous at that point, so I know. But I I think Mercutio is perfect. Oh no, he's perfect. I mean, the the casting in this movie is perfect. Benicio del Toro was also considered for Tybalt. Oh, he would have been rad, but she would have been great. But I think John Leguizamo. But John Leguizamo is amazing. I wouldn't have removed again, John Leguizamo. I think movie. the into- again, this is the thing that Baz Luhrmann does really well in this movie is understands that Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes can do their thing, but the supporting cast, just like in West Side Story, has to be better than the actual core cast. And as much as I made fun of Baz Luhrmann, he always gets great casts. He really like, does, great man. actors want to work always. with this guy, and they know their craft. So. That's it for Romeo plus Juliet. A wildly good teenage wet dream of a film. Wild soundtrack shit. Out now. <laughs> yeah, soundtrack out now. Loud, loud, cacophony. I, I didn't know that that Radiohead song, uh, Exit Music for a Film, that was for this movie. I did not know he, they wrote it for the movie. Oh, wow. I had no fucking good idea. Them. Good for them. Good for them. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, one more shake of the spear to come. We are talking about Hamlet, uh, the 2000 Hamlet. Is that the year? 2000 2000. with Ethan Hawke. There's a lot of Hamlets, uh, way more than Shakespeare, uh, Romeo and Juliet. Several Hamlets. So we are going to be doing the Hamlet with Ethan Hawke. So ready thyselves to finish our sexy, but smart evenings with the ball. Uh, <laughs> make sure you go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, the YouTube film alchemist. Please be so kind to leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. We can't wait to talk to you next week again. Great stuff on Patreon, too, if you want to hear more of our voices. Until then, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. 